Welcome to Perimenopology, where we explore and converse about what it means to transition out of the young, hot, fertile, and fuckable box that our society labels as most worthy when you were socialized as a woman. Around here, we're all about body literacy and talking about the topics that society tells us are unimportant or inappropriate. I'm Michelle Kapler, reproductive acupuncturist, Chinese medicine practitioner, and master feminist confidence coach, and you've got episode number five. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Perimenopology. Before I get into today's episode, I want to make a quick announcement. This episode is brought to you by my Perimenopause Body Image Confidence Starter Pack. If you've been loving what you're learning in the podcast and you want to dive deeper into this work, it's a great way to get started. It's a little collection of tools that I've created that you can start applying today to help you feel more confident when it comes to your body as you navigate this transition. It's free and it's available right now. Just head to the show notes or to michellecapler.com forward slash starter to get instant access today. Today, I want to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart for a lot of reasons. Being a healthcare professional, being somebody who grew up in the 80s when everybody around me was on some kind of diet during my formative years, being somebody who grew up in a family that always preached that food is medicine, and being somebody who struggled with disordered eating for years, and by the way, is still a work in progress. Today, we're talking all about healthism and wellness culture. And before I begin, I want to give a little content note that I will be talking about disordered eating, dieting, and eating for intentional weight loss, weight bias, and fat phobia. And if those subjects are tough for you to listen to, take care and maybe even skip the episode altogether. If you've been following me for a while, you'll know that I always like to start with a definition so we can get all on the same page. So first, let's talk about healthism, which is something that is rampant in wellness culture as it is today. Healthism is based on this idea that a person's health status and health outcomes are ultimately their responsibility, and that they not only have control over their health outcomes, but that they are morally obligated to achieve them. For example, when you hear the idea that food is medicine, it perpetuates this value system that creates the belief that any health problem can be solved if you simply eat the quote-unquote right foods. And conversely, if a person quote-unquote fails to achieve a particular health outcome, it is their fault because they either didn't do it right or that they weren't disciplined enough to make it happen. Same goes for any wellness protocol that's on offer through influencers or other providers of wellness consumables, such as supplements, diet protocols, lifestyle changes, mindfulness and movement and exercise, and many other things out there that people sell with the hopes of making your body perfect and whole and never having disease. Basically, the message is that if your body is experiencing illness or sickness or even just general aches and pains that human bodies experience, it's because you're doing it wrong. You're not eating well enough, moving well enough, meditating well enough, dealing with stress well enough, breathing well enough, and the list goes on. This phenomenon is really interesting to observe in the context of perimenopause and the body changes that accompany it. I want to give you a specific example of this. I know I'm often coming back to this example of body size and weight in my work, but I think it's a really glaring example of this messaging. When somebody enters the perimenopausal transition, it's common for weight gain or weight redistribution to occur. That is, many people begin to accumulate more fat or adipose tissue around their midsection. 
Now, somebody's body size or weight is dependent on a person's own unique and individual set of factors, genetics, pre-existing medical conditions, pharmaceutical medications that are needed, physical ability, movement, and of course, the social determinants of health, such as education level, access to medical care, food security, financial factors, and other things, just to name a few. But in the context of perimenopause, the catalyst for these changes in weight or weight distribution, as is determined in the research, are related to age and loss of muscle mass, which is a near universal thing that happens to all bodies as we age. If you want to learn more about this and dive into a bit of the research, I highly recommend checking out episode two of this podcast, and I'll make sure that I put it in the show notes so you can find it easily. And when we hear about weight gain or weight distribution being related to naturally occurring loss of muscle mass, which is related to aging, it makes sense that the lifestyle practice that used to work to easily maintain a particular body weight or body size no longer quote unquote work the same way that they used to. And yet... If you do a simple Google search for perimenopausal weight gain, everything that comes up on the first few pages of search terms is all about dieting, calorie restriction, and all of the things that a person can and should do to address this problem. The overwhelmingly present and common message that we receive around this issue is that we can and should be able to lose weight, and here are the things that you need to do to accomplish this. Usually a restrictive diet, usually some kind of aggressive exercise program, and often something about stress and lifestyle management, maybe some diet or weight loss herbs or supplements. The big message being that if you can't lose weight, it's all your fault. And also buy this expensive weight loss program from an influencer because she has all the answers. And the reality is that many of these programs do work in the short term. It actually isn't that hard to lose weight by going on a short term crash diet. But as many of us know from years of perpetually being on one diet or another, unless you stay on the diet for the rest of your life, you're going to gain the weight back and probably more. Science and medicine still have yet to discover an effective and reliable way to lose weight and keep it off long term, with the one exception of having bariatric surgery. Because diets are not sustainable in the long term. Because if you are in a calorie restrictive diet long term, your body will inevitably react in one of two ways, or maybe both. One, your body will adjust to the new lower calorie diet and downregulate your metabolism so you can survive on fewer calories, which means you will gain the weight back eventually. Or two, if your body and brain are in a state of starvation for an extended period of time, which is exactly what severe calorie restriction is to your body, you will end up off the diet eventually because your body is sending you some very strong messages, i.e. insatiable cravings, that you need to eat more. People in this situation often end up in cycles of restricting and binging, which ultimately leads to gaining the weight back and then some more. Now, just to say, I'm not advocating for people dropping the idea of living in a way that generally promotes long-term health and longevity, but the thing is that if you look at the research, the diet and lifestyle practices that have been proven to provide sustainable long-term health benefits are actually pretty boring and have nothing to do with weight loss. It's things like drink more water, don't drink too much alcohol, 
get enough good quality sleep and eat more fruits and vegetables. You know, basic health tips that are relatively cost effective and have stood the test of time that aren't fads. And yet we're made to believe that if we just find the right health program or a diet or supplement or exercise routine, that magic bullet, that we will end up being thin and eternally youthful, which is what we value in our culture, right? Which is why it feels so bad to be in perimenopause and gain weight around your midsection. And just to say, we also see healthism and wellness culture when it comes to all of the other changes that we experience in perimenopause as well. Irregular periods, insomnia, hot flashes, changes in sex drive. There is an entire industry devoted to promoting and selling the idea that you can and should be able to lifestyle your way out of these changes. But what if we could take a deeper look at what's going on behind all of these changes? What if all of these changes were actually normal and were happening for very good reasons? How would that change our perspective on things? What if it was possible to make lifestyle choices that are healthy and feel good to you and also doable long-term while also recognizing and accepting that the changes that are happening are actually a normal part of human physiology if you have ovaries and a uterus and female sex hormones? I'm really interested in hearing from you about your experience with healthism and wellness culture in your pre-perimenopausal or perimenopausal years. I want you to find me on Instagram and send me a direct message. I'm at Michelle Kapler. Or better yet, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on social along with your story. And make sure you tag me. I'd love to share it with my audience as well. I want to get this message out to as many people as possible. That's going to be it for me this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. If you are loving what you're learning on the podcast and you want to take this work to a deeper level, let's work together. If you're a resident of Ontario, Canada, we can work together in a clinical setting, both virtually or in person. And if you want help managing your mind around the perimenopausal transition and supercharging your confidence and body image, I can help you anywhere in the world. To learn more about your options for working with me, head to michellecapler.com and click on work with me on the overhead menu. I can't wait to talk with you. Thank you.